Hey, it's Annabelle Levinson, producer here at Mamaroneck Public Radio. Today's piece comes to us from Eli Worth, one of our reporters who did a show about success in Appalachia based on our recent trip to West Virginia. The piece tackles the question of what does it mean to be successful? Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button. Enjoy. I think it's safe to say that everyone is searching for some form of success in life. Whether you're pursuing your passion, dreaming of wealth, or just aiming to maintain meaningful relationships, everyone has some version of an end goal. Where I live, Westchester, New York, we study, go to college, get a job, and settle down. This is normal for me, but it's not normal everywhere. Over the summer, I read Hillbilly Elegy, a memoir by J.D. Vance. It really made me think about how a variety of factors like home environment, community support, education, personal dreams, and the willingness to work all truly carve the path of someone's life. Throughout the book, Vance combines the history of the Appalachia area with his own personal experiences to produce a story of finding salvation and working towards your life goals against the odds. I realized that for some, success just means survival. Vance describes how, in order to achieve his goals and dreams of a higher education and a big-time job, he needed to overcome the natural obstacles within his struggling community and broken home. Our homes are a chaotic mess. We scream and yell at each other like we're spectators at a football game. At least one member of the family uses drugs, sometimes the father, sometimes the mother, sometimes both. At especially stressful times, we'll hit and punch each other all in front of the rest of the family, including young children. Much of the time, the neighbors hear what's happening. A bad day is when the neighbors call the police to stop the drama. Our kids go to foster care, but never stay for long. We apologize to our kids. The kids believe we're really sorry, and we are. But then we act just as mean a few days later. We don't study as children, and we don't make our kids study when we're parents. Our kids perform poorly in school. We might get angry with them, but we never give them the tools, like peace and quiet at home, to succeed. When I read this, I found it extremely powerful. However, the more I read, Vance's generalizations about the people of Appalachia began to seem a bit too broad. How could this many generalizations be true? An entire region deemed unsuccessful? Could one person really be able to tell the story of millions? It seemed unlikely. A book that countered these generalizations, which I also read over the summer, was What You're Getting Wrong About Appalachia by Elizabeth Catt, an other Appalachian who argued that the story of Appalachia holds millions of voices, not just the sole experience of one. It made me question whether Vance's ideas were fully true, partly true, or just completely false. I wasn't sure, thinking about my topic. Appalachia is a vast area, and it's hard to imagine that absolutely no one attains personal success. This sparked my curiosity on an idea. What does success actually look like in Appalachia? How is it measured? Are the aspects of daily life measured in terms of satisfaction or survival? I was completely wrapped up in this idea. When I was assigned to travel to West Virginia to investigate, I knew I had a great opportunity to explore these questions. However, the more I worked on pre-production, the more invasive I felt. 
I can imagine myself, a teenager from New York, roaming the streets of a foreign town asking citizens about the quality of their lives. It felt wrong. I knew that if I wanted to get any real answers, I would have to start conversations and let people speak for themselves. So when I arrived in West Virginia, I came to listen on how people succeed, or perhaps how they don't. Initially, West Virginia seems just as foreign as I had imagined. I knew I wasn't in New York anymore. The streets were relatively quiet, the chain shops and restaurants seeming low in activity. But before I jumped to conclusions and made assumptions about a state I had never been in before, I wanted to look at my surroundings through the perspectives of the people who actually lived there. I'll let them set the scene. Well, it's just like in the mountains and stuff, so like a lot of nature, a lot of hiking, kayaking, different stuff like that. So it's just like nature pretty much all around. It's hard, but it's fun. And I think we have a stronger connection to the land than a lot of other people get to have. I think it's it has its challenges, but it's worth it because it's so beautiful and so wild and rugged and yeah. People, for the majority, seemed relatively pleasant and content. However, I soon discovered that not all opinions on living in West Virginia were positive. My first morning in the capital city of Charleston, I was seeking out citizens to poll near the state capitol building when I came across a very interesting woman. She walked quickly with several layers of clothes. When I got closer, I noticed she had a large cup from a fast food restaurant. At first, she was reluctant, even nervous to talk to me, but eventually she opened up on the condition that I do not share her name. What she told me was striking. Hey, Charleston, Charleston's bad for businessmen. You know, yeah. I went and I wouldn't come to Charleston if I had a choice. Y'all live far away? Y'all do? Yeah. That's getting. That's getting. Do not move here. There's nothing here. But homeless people, broke people, and a rich keep getting richer, man. Because that thing. Our state capital. They don't do anything to help anybody. You know? This poor state here. Wow. This warning to essentially stay away had the opposite effect on me. After hearing this, I only became more curious about the issues in West Virginia. What did it mean that people were getting richer? Hearing about local conflicts made me immediately wonder what the causes were. A failing unbalanced economy? Poor community support? A bad personal experience? Or maybe a combination of it all? And then I wondered if there was a solution. I wondered if all of these feelings of this one woman were shared with the rest of the community. As I talked to more people, the clearer it became that these citizens of West Virginia had some very specific complaints. One factor remained constant. Um, I do plan on going back to Alaska in about two years. That's my goal. Uh, it is expensive, but I'll make it there eventually. Where would you want to live other than West Virginia? Philadelphia. Probably New York. Uh, somewhere warmer. Uh, California. California. Uh, Florida. California, New York, you know, all those places people want to live. The places people want to be. That stuck with me. What distinguishes the popular cities like New York from Charleston? Compared with Charleston, cities like New York are viewed not with spite of Charleston, but more as a prize, something to look ahead to. The adults of West Virginia that I spoke to had their issues with the community, but it was the children, the younger generation that had hopes of a better life somewhere else. According to the people I spoke with, that better life apparently 
couldn't be lived in Appalachia. I want to be a dentist. I want to build basketball courts. Skateboard. I make sure I skateboard every day. To be an artist. To be an artist? What kind of art are you interested in? Uh, mostly painting and digital art. I actually wanted to be a vet or like work with animals. Um, it's honestly what I wanted to do my whole life. Uh, just like the kids in my town, the children that I spoke with in West Virginia had strong aspirations and dreams. I found the diverse set of passions inspiring. It made me wonder, why can't they fulfill these wishes in their community? What did all these other cities have that Charleston didn't? Um, more art, uh, more food, more people, more friends. <laughs> all we got is fast food joints. We're topmost uh, obesity. Uh, I just hate Charleston. Hate is a very strong word. Um, but I was not able to go to college, um, just money and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of fell into retail, just needing to get a job. If I had the choice to go to school and do the vet stuff, I would definitely do that. So. Not enough. That was the theme of the answers I received. I tried to imagine what my life would be like if I felt that my own town wasn't satisfying. The experience was beginning to remind me not to take my home for granted, even feeling guilty for not appreciating my home state to the degree that some people that I had talked with have. I soon found myself speaking to Emily, an incredibly friendly, talkative older woman who had lived in West Virginia her whole life and had seen it change over time. One thing she mentioned felt familiar. Here we go. It's everyone else's fault. I would say lack of parental and school support, you know, lack of self-awareness and potential really got in my way. It was just as Vance had wrote about. Was he right about the serious lack of parental support towards education and the tools needed to succeed? Is there really no way to achieve your dreams in West Virginia? Is the only option to escape? The biggest thing I see is everyone's goal is to get out, to go everyone's kids my kid although she she's 36 the thing I see that's different she still sees herself as West Virginian you know when you see her on Facebook you know she's still uh, but I have friends who have children who are like in high school now and this is not them this is not who they are they don't identify they're going somewhere else other places. That's the thing I see that's, you know, that's different, is there's really younger people just do not seem to have anything but get out, right. go somewhere else. And I can understand, you know, of course there's way more opportunity other places. I knew it couldn't be as simple as that that this wasn't the whole story. It was the end of my second day, and I reflected on everything I had gathered. Initially, I was frustrated, believing that my starting topic just wasn't deep enough. However, I soon discovered that my story was just beginning to take form. I had identified the problem. Kids of West Virginia weren't satisfied. It was time to shift focus towards discovering a solution. The next morning, I set out to piece together how West Virginia can turn survival into success. Once again, I turned to the people for answers. Luckily, they had a lot to say about what to do. Um, 
I mean, I just feel like we need to bring more money into the state. I know that marijuana is something that a lot of people are talking about and legalizing that. And I feel like that our state could benefit from it. And I feel like with all the opioid problems that we're having and stuff, I mean, we're not doing anything to better ourselves at this point, I feel like. And, I mean, all these other states have benefited so much from it, so why not try it? I mean, don't know until you try. So, I, I do. I feel like there are things that, you know, they, they could do. Um just little things like I said just bring money into the state do do stuff that people want to come here for you know um don't do dumb stuff I know they're trying I just feel like they could do other things better with what they're doing so yeah finally something more uplifting here a call to action the people of West Virginia weren't just going to mope and complain they were striving to improve and actively looking for solutions Chris one citizen I spoke to a man in the military with a beard and sunglasses seems to know exactly what the answer was. Opportunity is the, the biggest one. We need to uh, try to keep kids in West Virginia. And uh, to be able to do that, we have to offer, offer opportunity for those kids. And whether that means um, things that are outside of the, uh, the coal and gas industry and labor jobs, um, because we've all had grandparents and fathers uh, growing up that have worked really hard in the state. So, um, we got to start using our brain power, and I think that we uh, we have a plethora of natural resources here in West Virginia, and I think we start need, we need to start tapping into that. That's how we're going to keep our young people. It was at this point that the question I set out to answer became clear: the children of West Virginia had no viable outlet for their aspirations, leading to a desire to escape to better, more exciting cities. With no young people to foster new ideas, the state couldn't progress at the rate of the rest of the country. Each generation embarks on a similar process where those with enough money flee, while the leftovers are either content with their lives or wish they could join the others on the outside. The children of West Virginia won't stay unless something improves, but West Virginia won't improve unless the children stay. This paradox will continue unless the cycle is broken and the youth can commit themselves to sticking around to build a better community. I returned home from my trip to West Virginia with a more accurate depiction of life in Appalachia. My aim had started broad, but over the time I spent learning about the lives and goals of people of West Virginia, my interests had developed into something far more personal. In West Virginia, success is doing what you love, no matter what it is. Whether you want to skateboard, paint, or build basketball courts, the feeling of satisfaction lies in working towards something you care about. While most people believe this is only achievable outside the state of West Virginia, there will always be people who remain for the natural beauty and sense of community. However, in order to gain more diversity in terms of population and culture, the citizens need to not only work for personal success, but statewide success as well. J.D. Vance may believe that success can only be obtained from outside the state, and that may be true for now, but with a boost in passion and commitment, West Virginia can reach its fullest potential and be a place its people call a prize. There's a great deal of pride in West Virginia, and um, I, I don't know, I think that uh, we've got the ability to become so much more than what we are. This has been Eli Worth for NPR, signing off.